the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here it is, Hour 2, Backbone Radio. Matt Dunn in the saddle. Hello, saddle pals. And it is July 16th, 2023. Oh, we're in the heart of summer. Last I checked, 88 degrees. Drove by Cherry Creek Reservoir. Saw all the boats out there, the water skiers. And I just hope and trust everybody's out there enjoying the heart of summer. And anybody wanting more rain yet? Can we say that? Is it safe to say that? Sometimes I say, I'm, I'm ready for some more, and people kind of get mad. Sometimes I take heat around here. I, I just talk about how I was really liking all that rain and how green my grass is. And, man, I get clobbered by the collars. They just, they just come down on me. And, boy, that time I was really critical of Trump. I was criticizing Trump because he didn't know what a blizzard was at the Dairy Queen. I came down on Trump like a ton of bricks. And people called up mad at me and defending Trump, and I was like, whew, I got to be careful around here. I got to watch what I say. Just kidding, just kidding. And again, tongue-in-cheek, just for so, some folks, the more literal-minded were, were joking. What did Rush Limbaugh call them? The people from Rio Linda? Rio Linda? I think he started his career out there, and he found that nobody was getting what he was saying. And he had to constantly, like, explain stuff from the ground up for the people in Rio Linda to, like, have a clue. And luckily, that is not the Saddle Pals in Backbone country. That is that is not present company. But just in case somebody in California, well, we get a lot of Californians listening in. I wonder why that is. I know it's not because people from Colorado moved to California. But maybe it's the other way around. Maybe people come from California, they move here, they hear backbone, and they say, ooh, to my friends and neighbors and family members who are still stuck in California, they say, oh, you got to listen to Backbone Radio. Maybe that's where that comes from. At any rate, I am better, I'm, I'm, I'm basically ready to pronounce the Republican primary over, and... Maybe not quite. Maybe not quite. The only reason not quite is because, obviously, Trump is dominant. Trump is just walking away with this thing. And Trump is acing all around the crowds. The crowds are still there everywhere he goes. All the attention, all of the oxygen, all of the energy is all around Trump. Nobody, like, even exists um, besides Trump in this primary. And I was just saying the morning consult poll has Trump 56% in the GOP primary, and the next highest is 17% with DeSantis, and that number is getting lower and lower and lower for DeSantis. But maybe, like we were saying, it might help DeSantis if he keeps firing more of his staff and gets it down to just him and Casey. And so DeSantis can go and look glum at a Dairy Queen trying to imitate Trump, and Casey can go talk about her children without breathing for like uh, half an hour, hour to pop, you know what? She is less likable than Ron. I have to say that. It's just unfortunate, and I love, you know, I just, I'm, 
I just wish the DeSantis's like were good at this, and I wish they were MAGA people, but uh, guess not. So we won't have a VP Pence situation with DeSantis. If he would have lurked in the weeds and kept his establishment credentials to himself and his Sea Island billionaire globalist donor ties to himself, if he would have just kept that all buttoned up, he might have gotten somewhere, but... Uh, the donors wouldn't let him do it. And I think one of the preconditions for Ron DeSantis getting elevated in Congress and then getting elevated to the governorship was that he was going to be the designated guy to run against Trump if he ran again in 2024. So I think there's been strings attached. But the people that hold those strings are very good at having insurance policies, and that's why they're looking for other places and other candidates to uh, send money to because, again, their America last agenda is inviolable. Isn't that strange? Why can't the Republican donors, why can't the Republican Party establishment people, why can't they just say, my gosh, we have this Trump guy who connects with people and draws crowds like no other politician before in American history. Let's work with this. Let's make this happen. I mean, let's unify. Let's get together. Let's do this. But they can't because they're weird. There's something the matter with these people. And the Republican voting base, I mean, after having been served Bushes, having been served John McCain, having been served Mitt Romney's, the Republican Party base has been about to gag all over the place until Trump showed up and Trump came along. Jeez. I mean, it's the most blatantly obvious fact ever in American politics. And this primary is over, except for the fact that the RNC, the Republican Party establishment, is going to have a bunch of tricks up their sleeve. They're going to be trying to pull some kind of stunts because they can't allow it. They can't allow the America first thing to happen. And the best I can say is that, you know, they want to be able to control whatever politician is in there. They want that with a passion. If they can't control them, if they don't have leverage on them, then it's a non-starter. And so they have to make up leverage on them, which is what they've been doing with Trump. And it doesn't work. Remember, Trump is the guy, if you remember hour one, Trump is the guy that is showing that big elephant, the people tied to that little tiny, tiny stake, that they're a big, huge elephant they can walk away from that stake they can walk away from that control the moment they want to and you got some of the republican people who have been so domesticated and so indoctrinated and some of the voters out there is oh no you have to be nice you have to stay tied to the stake you can't just you you can't say these things you can't fight back don't do that you understand this Anyway, Newt Gingrich comes out and says this, that, hey, the primary is over. It's time to focus on Biden. It's time to focus on the general. Newt, he's right. Did President Trump make his case? Yeah, I think more than anybody I can imagine. Uh, he's knowledgeable. It's things he actually did. Uh, he's not talking from note cards. And the big difference is in 2017, he was a businessman under tremendous assault from the FBI and the New York Times and the Washington Post, learning the trade. Now, he's had enough time to think it through. 
I think his first year will be astonishing, and I think people will be amazed how much he can get done, how big a team he can assemble. And frankly, barring some enormous change, he is the most likely person to be the next president of the United States, something only Grover Cleveland ever achieved, being president, losing and coming back. But right now, the numbers are so overwhelming, Republicans ought to start focusing on how to beat Biden, because I think, they, I think at a practical level, they have a nominee, and his name is Donald Trump. Newt, great to see you. Thanks so much, Newt Gingrich. There you That'll go. Do it for us that is this morning, Newt Gingrich talking to Maria Bartiromo. And Maria over there stuck in the Fox News orbit. Poor Maria. She's cool in spite of the Murdochs. But she's locked in a little bit. But Newt Gingrich says, oh, Trump's first year is going to be astonishing. The primary is over. Trump is dominating the whole deal. Trump is walking away with it. So guess what, Republicans? Let's start focusing on the general. And if the RNC people were smart, again, if the Republican Party establishment were smart, they would be all in for that. They would be devoting their resources to that. But guess what? Here is the deal. And I do hate to point this out, that the Republican Party establishment would rather have Joe Biden in office than Donald Trump. And you know it's true. You know it's true. It's hard to hear that. But it really is true. And Bill Kristol has been out there saying, Chris Christie, if Trump wins the nomination for the Republican primary, Chris Christie needs to endorse Joe Biden. You see, there's trillions of dollars at stake in the multinationals and the globalist corporatists that are managing the scam known as the Republican Party. They would rather have Biden than Trump. And I'm, I'm going to say more about this when we come back. It's Backbone Radio. Little song called Strange by Miranda Lambert. Times like these make me feel strange, sings Miranda. And this is a good, solid tune. I have been observing. And am I becoming an old fuddy-duddy? It's always a risk if you keep on existing. But I'm not hearing the really good new pop music tunes this summer. This is the first summer I feel like I can say that. And especially around here and DJing the swim meets for my amazing little four children. I'm under all this pressure to find like the good new pop music that the kids like and the kids can shake and dance to and sing aloud to. And I got to tell you, there's the, I'm not finding stuff this year. The only one I've really found truly undeniably good this year is Flowers by Miley Cyrus, which we played in hour one. Hope you didn't miss that. And that's one reason that the podcast is good. you got to listen to the podcast, but live is better because you get the music action thrown in as well. It's a legal thing, apparently. But I'm, just, I'm not finding the good new pop tunes. If anybody has any suggestions of obviously brand new, came out in the last three, four, five, six months within that time frame, I am all ears. But there's a paucity. Anyway, that's just... Uh, one of those little asides that I bring in. I'm off to the phone lines here, but gosh, it's it's time to say the primary. Just call it, folks. Just call it. But the RNC people, again, the corrupt establishment, the globalists, the America lasters, are not going to call it. 
they're going to come up with just ever more tricks to try to muzzle Trump and hamstring Trump or go along with some kind of a DOJ persecution, arrest, incarceration. They're going to be all in for that. And it is just an outrage, ladies and gentlemen, and they don't realize it, but the GOP voters are solid. They're on to this. They are on to that scam, man. And what was the what was the the big Lebowski? What is the, this aggression? Will not stand. will not stand, man. We need to get that back up on the bumper. We should keep that permanently on there. You know, we got to have some Lebowski. Anyway, we're on to it. And you know, if they try to pull some stunt of, and I saw this floated yesterday in Raw Story which means RNC connected people are leaking this stuff out that oh if Trump gets convicted of a felony oh you can you can grab it sure sure um if if Trump gets convicted of some kind of a felony with this crap ola pile of steaming horse hockey on this dispute with the national archives completely overridden completely overridden by the presidential records act um, if they try to say, well, we can't have Trump be the nominee if he's been convicted of a... Oh, that's the end of the Republican Party. That's over. The scam known as the Republican Party, the Washington Generals, the controlled opposition, it's over. But guess what? It's also over if Trump wins the primary. Does that make sense? It's just a racket, folks. We've been living in it. And Newt Gingrich, I won't play it again, but he says, hey... It's time for Republicans to get together and focus on the general election. Focus on the general. How do you beat Biden? It's not going to be Biden. It's going to be Newsom. FYI. Did you hear that here first? I've been talking about this for a while. They're not going to let Biden do it. It's not going to happen. They're going to be draining Biden. Cocaine in the White House. All this stuff. They're going to find all kinds of ways to make life uncomfortable for Joe Biden because the deep state has sent out the word. The only thing is, as they take down Biden... They're going to have to find a way to keep it contained to Biden, because if the Biden corruption, which, in my view, all of the other globalist leftist Democrats and a bunch of the Republicans, too, are all they've had their snouts in those same funnels as well. You're damn right. They have. How do you keep it contained to just Joe? And what if Joe decides to unload some other stuff he knows about some other people? Could that happen? Probably not. But it's just at least a little tricky for him. Here's Jim. Jim in Denver, thank you for checking in, sir. Hey, hey, haven't heard you for quite some time, but I tuned in tonight, and I think you're a thousand percent on. There is no need for Donald, who has steamrolled the Rhino uh, Party, into even uh, arguing with these uh, idiots that want to bring American workers to their knees. I've seen some of uh, Trump's... uh, uh, rallies, and these are working people that aren't afraid to get dirty and actually produce something throughout their life, including a uh, the, furthering their family's name and having children. So, you, I think you're spot on. There's there's no need for Trump to even uh, uh, go to the first two, ba- two debates like he announced he was not going to. He was thinking about not going to the first debates, but I don't think that's been formally decided. By Trump, oh, right? and you know it's it's kind of up in the air for him, and you know he's floating it out there. He likes to do these little trial balloons on used to be on Twitter, now it's on Truth Social. You know he says, you know, will it help? He says, uh, who was it? Steve Cortez, former Trump advisor. Now he went over. He made the career suicide mistake of heading to the DeSantis orbit. He came out and said that 
Trump is the best debater on the planet and in presidential history. <laughs> and so Trump comes out and says, hey, someone says I'm the best debater in presidential history, um, but yet I really don't need to do these debates. But it would be fun to do these debates, but should I do the debates or not? And I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Jim? Should, should he do it? I mean, he doesn't need to. I um, think he should uh, critique the debates after they're done. And uh, that would uh, give him more positive airtime and probably donations. I think he's gaining probably 70% of all the donations that are coming in. A lot of those are coming in from uh, from working Americans. These people are rabid about uh, Donald Trump, uh, a, Repub- well, a so-called Republican. He's taken over the Republican Party, and it's effectively a workers' party. At this point in time, these people are rabid. They support Donald Trump, these workers of America. I would agree with that, that they remember when Trump was in office, the workers did better. The working class did better. All arrows were up and green for the American middle and working class in the Trump economy, whereas the wealthiest did not do quite as well, which is interesting. And I do wish Trump would point this out more. And I do wish the RNC would point this out more, but they don't really tend to point that out enough. And so they remember that. We've got four years of track record to base that on. And Trump personally has always been somebody who's been close to the people that have built his buildings and done the painting and the construction and laying the girders and digging the basement. You know what I mean? He's always bonded with those people. And he would, in my view, rather hang out with those people than with the hoity-toity cocktail circuit that hangs around Washington, D.C. The one exception to that is Trump does seem to like the really fancy wives. <laughs> and kind of a joke there, Jim, but it's kind of true. You still there? Might have lost Jim. Jim, hello, Jim. Okay, well, Jim, thank you, sir, for checking in. And how do I press the right button there? There we go. And we've got uh, we've got the phones are ringing again back there. And Blake will be right back. If you hear if you're trying to call in, we'll get you picked up here shortly, just momentarily. But yeah, again, the details. And I reviewed this: thirty-five million Trump first quarter, thirty-five million incoming dollars to his campaign, and the average size of the donation is thirty-four dollars and twenty cents. Really small. DeSantis took in $20.1 million, but two-thirds of those contributions were from big, maxed-out donors. Only 15% of DeSantis donors are considered small donors. That's in an NBC News article that came out yesterday. And so, obviously, DeSantis is just hemorrhaging badly, and things are just not going well for him. And the people like, I don't know, Jenna Ellis, Steve Cortez, some of these people that were elevated by Trump into positions of prominence and then... Did the old backstab a thing and jumped ship and, uh, oh, that wasn't exactly smart, would you say? Be right back. There we go. That's how I got to Memphis. And if I put the question out there on that song, does that sound like a new song or does that sound like an old song to you? And I would say it's actually a brand new song, or at least in the last year or two. By a fellow named Charlie Crockett. I know some folks must know who Charlie Crockett is. But he's a modern-day honky-tonk, pedal-steel, old-school country performer that somehow I just found him some odd months ago. And 
I don't know why, but sometimes there's just nothing that will satisfy but the old school pedal steel and the sort of gently thumping along honky tonk type sound. And traditionally, you have to go back to country music of the 40s, 50s, and the 60s, maybe some 70s to get that, to get that sound. But Charlie Crockett, I guess he's kind of pretty popular, at least with the cool crowd. <laughs> and he does the old school stuff. So just introducing the name Charlie Crockett out there and this version of How I Got to Memphis. That's my favorite version. I've got like seven or eight different versions in the Backbone Audio Archive. We've played it by a few other performers. But I think Charlie Crockett, man, that's a good one. That's a good one. And there's there's a melancholy in that tune. And the lyrics on that. I mean, that's what that's what good country music can do, can bring out a certain stripe of melancholy with the pedal steel behind it that nothing else can touch. It's high art. It's genius. May I say, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, the last caller, Jim, was stating that the Republican Party has become more of a working class party in the Trump era. And yes, it has. Yes, it has. It's very self-respecting workers who somehow think that they want the left wing in charge of this country. No, no, I don't think so. That's like very undignified, extremely undignified. It should be embarrassing for the working men and women of this country to be supporting someone like Joe Biden, who is a colossal embarrassment on every level. And that's what the power brokers wanted to install was Joe Biden. And it's just so embarrassing to be an American in the Biden era. Do, do you not agree? You feel it. Every day you feel it. It's just like embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. I don't like that feeling. I want to fix that. But why is it good to have the Republican Party be a working class party? It is very good. It is incredibly good to have that. And the reason why, and the people on top need to understand this, that the only thing saving this country from full-on communism, Marxism, is our strong and sturdy middle class, our strong and sturdy working class, which our elites have done everything to hammer and beleaguer and saddle with woe going back a few decades now. But yet the middle class has hung in there and held in there. And that, to me, is what holds this country together and allows us not to have the third world economic distribution curves where you have just like 10 billionaires who run a country and everybody else has nothing. You've seen those curves if you study economics. And that is, again, the third world pattern. It's also the pattern under communism, if they had accurate reporting figures, where, you know, go to the Soviet Union, go to China, go to the other places that have dabbled around with their Marxism and implemented it. It's only the people in the government. It's only the people on the top of the top, the politically connected, that have everything. They own everything. And everyone else is essentially a serf and a pauper. But if you allow, again, freedom, economic freedom to flourish in a country, which in my view does require protection on the trade front so you don't have slave labor in other countries undermine the potential of our own working class, it also requires a secure border so you don't have people crossing the border by the millions, which we have had 
which again makes it harder for the middle and working classes to get a good, fair shot in this country. Okay? So that is what keeps us out of communism, is our middle and working classes, and Trump has connected with the most important people to save this country from a grim fate. All right? That is a very big deal, and I think that that needs to be more understood and more appreciated. Okay? Now, Jim Caviezel is the rare Hollywood actor who is a very ardent pro-Trump supporter. He refers to Trump as a lion, a lion. And this kind of goes into what we've been talking about tonight and the elephant trainer and the post and the rope and all that. Here's, here's Jim Caviezel. By the way, remember, he was the star. He played the role of Jesus in Mel Gibson's really phenomenal movie. came out, and when was that, 2000. Two or three, and I'm drawing a blank on the exact title of it. But here's Jim Caviezel. That uh, billboard of Donald Trump, where it says, "They're not after me; they're really after you." I'm just in the way. Well, Americans, we we all have to start getting in the way. This is a good man, a great leader, um, a man that is um, he's like um, he's like Patton. You know, some will say he's arrogant. Patton was not arrogant. He was confident, and he was something to be reckoned with. Would you want to have some patsy like Biden fight Hitler? Would you want that? No, you got a a, a, a lion that you want to defang, that you want to take out his uh, his uh, um, moral spine. And a lot of men in this country that do not have now because we've been emasculated for a long time. There you go. We have been emasculated for a long time. Men without chests, as C.S. Lewis might say. And again, sometimes I try to message to the Republican voter that is emasculated and weenified. Gosh, you know, Trump is showing the way. Trump is showing again to that big elephant tied to that little tiny stick. You could... Jerk that stake out of the ground the moment you want to. Don't underestimate yourselves. Don't domesticate yourselves to fall in line with what the corrupt ruling class says you're supposed to do and think and who you're supposed to vote for because what they're about is benefiting themselves at your expense and they despise you. Yeah, Jim Caviezel, that movie, the Mel Gibson movie, was Passion of the Christ. Thank you for sending that in. And he is also in the new anti-sex trafficking movie called Sound of Freedom, which apparently is doing very, very well. And for some weird reason, the establishment people, CNN and the they don't like, they're uncomfortable with this movie that talks about the evils of children being sex trafficked around the world. Why does the left have a problem with this movie? It's, that is strange, man. What is their problem with that movie? Anyway, Jim Caviezel, the star of that, and so we do recommend that be seen. I haven't seen it yet, though, but let's say hello now to the great American, Eric. Eric, how are you, my good friend? How are you? You great American, you are sensational. You know what? I put you right there with the brilliance of Jim Jordan and Rush Limbaugh all at once. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I can live with that, Eric. I can live with it. I was... I was telling you, well, you better because you are to me in my heart. I was telling Blake I had to go play cards at 6 o'clock, but 
you know, it's worth the wait. And when you got me on air, because I am so happy. And as you recall, Matt, great Dunn. Yes. The FBI had that uh, crooked, um, well, Jim Jordan had him. He's brilliant. Because Christopher he had, Ray. Uh, yeah. Yes, on the hot seat Wednesday, and I'm watching it again. And I just saw, and I had texted you yesterday, that Wesley, you know, Hunt uh, from um, West Point, congressman yeah. from Texas, as yep. vice VP for Trump. Yeah. But I think they should have two VPs. Him, Wesley Hunt, and that great uh, Russell Fry. You got to look him up, man. Uh, he just acquitted Donald J. Trump when he crucified um, Christopher Ray on the hot seat. It was brilliant. And then it was back-to-back, uh, Matt, where uh, Russell burned his butt, Christopher Ray, and then after Russell got him, then Wesley Hunt from Texas got him. And then uh, Russell is from uh, South Carolina, Republican. Ooh. It, it was fascinating to see. And, and the great, I love her, Harriet uh, Hageman. Harriet, Wyoming. Wyoming, the new Cheney. Yes. Yeah. Yes, big baby. She got in and butt, <laughs> his butt, too. <laughs> she had him turning red. And, you know, I'm a black man, and I turn red. I'm feeling sorry for all the, <laughs> of the butt kicking that uh, oh, Chris Great American. You are the yes, best sir. ever. There's a tune called Hamoa Beach by the British band called Gomez, and that's one where I happen to be walking into a store. Actually, listen up. You know the record place? The Sound Place, longtime Colorado institution. And I heard a song playing in one of the little sound rooms, and I was like, man, that's a cool song. That's a groovy tune. I got to find out what it is. And I'm that kind of guy. I'm somewhere, I'm anywhere, and I hear a good song, and I have to go track down what it is. I don't have that little app on your phone that can tell you. So I have to go around asking people, hey, what, what is that tune? What is that? Anyway... This is how I found that one, and we're bringing it in tonight. Kind of like it. I don't know why. Listen to the lyrics. It's kind of a... We've, we've all been there. We have all been there. At any rate, Sound of Freedom, I just looked this up, has crossed $85 million in ticket sales revenue, projected to cross $100 million by Wednesday, starred by Jim Caviezel. Yeah, the big Trump fan, calling Trump a lion, decrying the emasculated American culture. Yeah, uh, $85 million. That is incredibly successful. And by the way, just saw this. We were, caller mentioned, or was it a text to studio, that Donald Trump speaking at the TPA Action Summit last night Oh, great speech. And somehow I couldn't find any good clips to play. And why is that? I couldn't find... They they weren't out there yet. And I went to my usual places to find clips, and they weren't there. Anyway, he won the straw poll 85%. Ooh, yeah. Trump is dominating. The primary is over, folks. But guess who the second place, the second choice is? 51% for Vivek Ramaswamy, who's the other pro-Trumper in the ring, the anti-deep-stater, Vivek Ramaswamy, anti-woke. And, yeah, just he's just pulling way ahead of DeSantis, and DeSantis is busily firing his staffers and having 
fundraising problems and just swirling, spiraling, spiraling down. Anyway, just that little update. And by the way, talking to great American Eric just now, he said uh, he was watching the hearings where the Congress people are going after Chris Ray, the corrupt director of the FBI. And I love that. I love them pounding away on him. But I'll tell you, nothing matters on that, the, the congressional show, in my opinion, unless they defund the FBI. And some little bit of defunding came up. But a big vote came out, uh, you know, should the FBI get their new headquarters? And guess what? It passed. FBI is going to get their brand new headquarters, which, guess what, is bigger than the damn Pentagon. So they get their new headquarters, and 16 traitorous rhino Republicans voted to get the FBI their new headquarters after they helped spy on Trump, sabotage Trump, lie around the clock, hoax for all these years, pre-dawn raids, Mar-a-Lago raid, the rest of the completely dishonest deep state stuff. They get their new headquarters. And why is that? Because the Republican Party is always, you know, they, they always get their RNC establishment people in there, just enough of them that the, the elites get what they want. Does that make sense? It's, that's what's got to stop. And those 16 Republicans need to all go away. They need to all be primary. They need to all be knocked out by MAGA. Okay? I won't read the list of the 16 by the way, and before the phone lines, Ned Ryan also says the primary is essentially over. It's not a very competitive primary. Trump is dominating. And he also says that, hey, it's not going to be Biden. It's going to be Newsom. But here is some perspective from Ned Ryan that I find helpful. I would remind people Donald Trump only lost Arizona, Wisconsin, and Georgia by just over 42,000 votes. If Cornell West and the Green Party make those ballots and get 2 to 3% of the vote, I think 100% it completely changes the dynamics of the 2024 election. Looking at the Republicans as all this is careering around, does it influence how Republicans may view their own choice of nominee? In the sense, if it's Biden, then they may want to go with somebody younger. If it's not, they may want to go with somebody older. Does it factor in? I, I, I'm not really sure that it does. In fact, I'm not really looking at the Republican primary now as being deeply competitive. Uh, you know, Donald Trump is clear in a way the front runner. DeSantis is completely stagnant. I don't know who would replace DeSantis as a legitimate challenger to Trump. I'm not saying the Republican primary is over, but Donald Trump is going to be almost impossible to beat uh, in the Republican primary. So I think it's going to be Donald Trump. If Biden can't make it, I, I think you should actually, as Republicans, we should maybe plan on and have serious thoughts. It could be Donald Trump versus Gavin Newsom. And who wins? It, it all comes down to who's better at chasing ballots in the battleground states. And right now, Democrats have a much better operation. If Republicans can figure out how to chase those ballots in the battleground states, Donald Trump can win. And that, I think, is key perspective, right? If you chase the ballots, if you can get the Republican Party establishment to chase the ballots, we're going to win this thing. And Ned Ryan says, hey, DeSantis is stagnated. Trump is dominant. He's so far ahead that there's no way that Trump can lose this primary. And he also says, hey, Gavin Newsom, get ready for Gavin Newsom instead of Biden. Some things to think about. But again, my concern you know, it doesn't matter who the Republican is. 
And you can make the case that, well, the Democrats have this get-out-the-vote scam operation that gets it done way better than Republicans, and that's another, in my opinion, establishment trick. But the point of all this is is to get the, get the nominee that the Republican voters want, to get the nominee, to get the word out, to get the message out that needs to be gotten out, and then overcome those other hurdles of corruption down the road. Does that make sense? And I think Ned's perspective on that is right. But the big concern is that some of the Republican ruling class, the corrupt establishment, the globalist corporatist types, would rather have Biden be the president than Trump. Okay? So that's something that we have to, uh, we have to figure into our calculations. All right. And uh, let's, let's say hello to Lon. Lon in Denver. And welcome aboard, Lon. Hi, Matt. I don't know if um, I tuned in late. I don't know if any other callers mentioned it, but we're talking about what does uh, our president Donald Trump do when the debate is on? And I say I'm suggesting and Randy Corcoran, I guess he's on first name basis with our president. Yes, indeed. That that um, that Donald have a rally to distract people from the worthless challengers. Um, and he had one of his great 70,000 uh, stadium rallies. And I think if that's because... You mean here in Colorado? Or uh, Well, if, he, if he'd come out here again, but just anywhere, just so that our, our constituents will see that he's not shying away from the debate. He's going to hold a rally at the time the debate is on. Right. So that, that way, he uh, we can really see what what uh, dominance he has and not to have to waste time with uh, any of the challengers. Right. Now, Swami is very interesting and he's so devoted to Trump as well, but I like Carrie Lake to be a running mate for, with Trump um, and then Swami somewhere in the, in the cabinet because he, he's a non uh, he's, he's not from the swamp. He's self. Exactly. He exactly. So that's my reason for calling in that uh, we want Trump to have a rally at the night. And guess what, Lon? People would watch the Trump rally. They wouldn't watch the rhino retreads debate each other. Right. Exactly. Right. So why waste our time? We can be invigorated from our president. Exactly. It's they're, they got to be mulling that over. Their plan there, Trump does. Anyway, thank you, Lon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.